0: to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I am so glad that you want to join me in talking about some of the important themes of our time. Glad you're with me. Settle in. Get something good to drink. Let's talk. First of all, I wanted to say very quickly, help us do what we are doing for men. Men are in a downward spiral in our generation. Boys are troubled. My organization called Great Man Global, you can go find out about us on greatman.tv, is doing good stuff and gonna do more. Help us. Go to greatman.tv, go to the upper right-hand corner. First of all, read over the website, see what we're doing. Go to the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a button that allows you to contribute. Appreciate your help. Let's talk about something important happening this summer of 2023. It's often the case in history that art and literature is what brings change to politics and business and to society. I mean, this was certainly the case with Charles Dickens' novels that shone a powerful light onto the poverty of Victorian England, and reforms came. Not fast enough, but they came. Upton Sinclair wrote The Jungle, which shone a light onto government and uh, business corruption in the 1920s in America, and reforms came. Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. Abraham Lincoln turned to her and said, when he met her, he said, so this is the young lady who started this war, meaning the Civil War. Her novel had been so powerful that it actually moved the war forward more rapidly and galvanize the different sides, calling for reforms, calling for the abolition of slavery. I could go on and on and on. And there's a potential for a movie that is just out to have exactly the same impact, and I hope it does. It's called Sound of Freedom. I'm sure you have heard of it, released on July the 4th here, the summer of 2023. I'm recording exactly three weeks later uh, from that release. It has earned... Over a, almost, it's approaching 150 million dollars, which is pretty stunning. It's surpassed some of the summer blockbusters here in this summer when people are returning to the theaters and um, big movies are out. Barbie and Oppenheimer and uh, the latest Indiana Jones and what have you. It's doing very, very well. Uh, it's a film that has actually been uh, finished for quite some time. Uh, the issues of release were being debated and discussed. It's about Tim Ballard, a U.S. agent, federal agent, who was involved in anti-trafficking, eventually became frustrated uh, that he could arrest some traffickers, but he rarely rescued the children caught up in trafficking. So he began to focus in that direction. He eventually was part of starting some organizations, Operation Underground Railroad, which was also, by the way, founded by my friend Glenn Beck, And good things came of that. Children were rescued, and rather dramatically, by the way, and this is what the film depicts. I'm grateful for the film. I am involved in anti-trafficking efforts. I've mentioned to you before, an organization I help lead, Uncaged. I hope you go and check us out, uncaged.org, doing big things around the world and uh, working with some of the leading organizations to bring trafficking to an end. So let's talk about two or three things. First of all, let's talk about the actual movie. I am pleased that this movie, though it's produced by Angel Studios, the same studio that has that has produced The Chosen. Now, I think The Chosen, um, obviously, a look at the life of Jesus in a, in a, in a number of series, I, I think it's produced. Pretty amazingly done. I'm often very critical of treatments of Jesus uh, in film, etc. I often wonder where the scholarship is and where the where the sense of literary skill is and bringing the times and the culture into the story. You don't want a story that just floats in the air, three feet above the ground. You want to get into the mud and the blood and the beer and the and and the grit of the times. That's how I wrote my book, Killing Jesus, and uh, I believe that's how it ought to be done. The Chosen under Angel Studios have done that. I strongly recommend the treatment of the life of Jesus uh, from the Gospels, of course, but, but they've done a great job rounding it out, and fleshing it out, so to speak, is really, really well done. So it's from that same studio. Jim Caviezel, who played Christ in *The Passion of the Christ*, is the lead star. He's playing Tim Ballard, this federal agent, and uh, I'll tell you what—he does his typical great job. He's uh, stern and rather unemotional, and uh, we spend a lot of time looking into his concentrated face. <laughs> but that's a style of movie making that probably works here. Um, Jim Caviezel himself is passionate about this subject. I'll come back to that in a little bit, and so. Uh, It works. There are aspects of the film that are as fine as I have ever seen on the screen. I'll have to tell you that the child actors are amazing. I don't think I've ever seen child acting quite like this. Uh, I was very pleased with that. I don't know where they got these kids, uh, but I was very pleased. Also, I appreciated the fact that it wasn't, you'll understand what I mean, it wasn't church fellowship hall kind of film. It wasn't churchy, it wasn't narrow you have complicated figures, you have nuance, you have guys who are wrestling with God and drinking too much at the same time. I'm not saying you got to have booze on the screen. I'm just saying this is what real life looks like. You've got re- people who were involved in immoral things and are recovering themselves and now trying to make a difference, but they're not perfect. I like that. And I also appreciate about the film that it does a great job of hinting at the absolute. Sordid, perverse, nasty world of child trafficking. You have a leering, lecherous American man who's looking at children with lust in his eye, and you can you can you can imagine in the theater of the mind what's going to happen or what's what he intends, but you never actually see it on the screen. I'll tell you that this is what I think is one of the arts of filmmaking. I think it's also a moral approach to filmmaking. I I like the 1950s film when you'd. Have have rock hudson and doris day at the end of a movie put do not disturb on a hotel doorknob whatever else happened was left to the imagination uh now of course we've got to be right up inside the bedroom right up inside body parts happened to buy a movie not too long ago i'm literally it's like i'm giving a a medical exam on the screen (laughs) you're looking right inside body parts well that's not very attractive frankly but what you can imagine Uh, And don't put on the screen. And the five-year-old sitting next to you during the film can't imagine. That's that's actually the art of filmmaking. So I like the fact that they hint at all of it, but they don't actually depict it on the screen. That would have made it nasty. It would have raised the ratings. It would have driven a lot of people away. Smart, smart, smart. And I'll have to tell you, too, that I, I like the fact that they are... Nuanced in so many things, not just suggesting things like i 've just said, but they are allowing things to be unsaid i I, I think it uh, I think it allows the theater of their mind. The thing I probably am most happiest about in terms of the impact of this film is the education people are going to get. I'm not giving anything away when I say that in one situation, there's kind of a a call for talent among children. Somebody's been trolling. Uh, they go to a child and say, oh, you're so pretty. I bet you could really be great acting and maybe be famous in movies one day and they persuade the family and then the family takes the child to this closed session uh, where photographs are going to be taken and the child's going to be trained and there's going to be kind of a talent show for producers as that's the assumption and instead something else horrible happens well it's good for people to know this working in anti-trafficking as I do I can tell you that this happens in American malls. Uh, This happens in places you would be shocked by. There are American girls whom somebody walked up to in a mall and said, you're so pretty. Wow, here, call this number and, and, and please let us help you become as famous as you're capable of becoming. And that girl, I'm thinking of an exact person, is somewhere in the world being used for sex. We, we know this. We, we know what happened. We know how they disappeared. We know what the process was. We've got people looking for them. But that's what's going on. And I also appreciate the education, even of the final words on the screen, which puts the bead on us. A lot of Americans tend to think that trafficking of children and trafficking for labor and what have you is something that goes on in third world hovels. It goes on in the ghettos of, Philipp- of Manila, the Philippines, et cetera, et cetera. But it's it's not uh, primarily there. It is there, but it's not primarily there. Um, it happens more in the U.S. than in any other country in the world. So slavery lives in America. That's the conclusion. And the film brings all of this out uh, without beating us over the head with a hammer in the midst of art and beauty and laughter and humor and victory. So it's very good film. My conclusion on the review of the film is that It is, in my view, a B-plus film. Yeah, it's got its flaws, and I'm not a movie critic, so I'm not picking on it. It's a B-plus film with an A-plus message, and I'm grateful for that because normally, I'll have to say frankly, message films can tend to be C, C C-minus, D+. (laughs) So um, for this to be a B-plus film with an A-plus message— fantastic. I'm thrilled for it. I'm grateful uh, to the producers and directors. I'm grateful to Jim Caviezel. I'm grateful for those who helped fund it. And I think it's an important film that everybody ought to see. And by the way, parents, you shouldn't be concerned about showing this to your slightly older children who can understand what trafficking is. Might be too uh, much for the five-year-old child or grandchild. They're not going to quite get it and going to be scared. Uh, a little bit, but I think, you know, I definitely think every every child ought to see this before they head into their teenage years, because both males and females, by the way, are potential victims of this. So great job. Thank you, Angel Studios, and let's see it. Now, number two, I want to say that what is a little bit sad to me is that the Christian community in an attempt to send Hollywood a message has turned this into a horse race. Americans particularly like races. We like competition. We like winners. We like award ceremonies. And so we have jumped in to support of sound of freedom uh, as though our whole point is to both send Hollywood a message and to beat Hollywood. And so you've got newspaper headlines of late about how, Sound of Freedom beat out uh, the Indiana Jones film, the remake, and uh, uh, you've got Sound of Freedom defeats, you know, other other films and etc. Well, that's not really the point. I'm glad it's done well. I'm glad it's approaching 150 million. I hope it does massively in its in its run and its life, and I hope it's used in the future. I plan to get a copy of it just as soon as I can. Use it widely. Uh, You understand what I'm saying. I'm I'm for all of that. But the point is not for us to win a horse race. The point is not for us to beat out Harrison Ford. (laughs) That's not going to do much good. And by the way, uh, that little season of victory, again, I'm recording this three weeks after release of Sound of Freedom, that little run of victory is going to come to an end. And it already has. Both the Barbie film and Oppenheimer have beaten beaten Sound of Freedom uh, already. I'm not sad as I say that I think, I think sound of freedom is a great film and I think it's doing great things. And I think it's going to, it's already made massive money for angel studios, which means angel studios can do more great good. Um, This is the way it ought to work, but we need to be careful about making the point of a film is let's bash Hollywood. Nobody would like to see Hollywood reformed more than I would. Nobody's disgusted more disgusted by Hollywood than I am. Uh, Nevertheless, Uh, A film like this needs to be about what it should be about, and that's trafficking. Listen to this statistic. Around 58 million people are trafficked in the world, either for sex or labor, are being trafficked, I should say more accurately, right now for either sex or labor. And the stories are horrific. Uncaged, uh, the organization I'm part of, deals with these stories. We work a lot with survivors of trafficking and uh, have facilities where they are restored. Obviously, we don't tell people where those are, very nice, expensive facilities, uh, because that's where a lot of our anti-trafficking efforts are fail. We get people out of trafficking and then they don't have anywhere to go. And so to survive, they go back into trafficking. Many times in these stories, the families, especially in poverty-ridden countries uh, and regions, the families are the ones who have sold their children the traffickers. The families are the ones who traffic them, essentially, uh, handing them over to the traffickers. It's a horrible, sordid, vile, nasty thing. And about, there are various statistics, but about 25% of those being trafficked in general are children. And the children are almost always for sex. Now, I know it's disturbing to have that in your head, but I want you to think about what's going on. And we have in this country organizations that are devoted to sex between adults and children, uh, man-boy love associations and things of that nature. We have we have all kinds. Of, there are a lot of people wanting to break that. It's like the sexual revolution, uh, chapter 16. We've broken down all other conventions and moral boundaries. So now let's go after the gap between the morality and the traditions that say Adults shouldn't have sexual interaction with children. And we see this played out all the time. When was the last time you saw? I'm sure it hasn't been that long. You saw drag queens reading books to children at public libraries. You see highly sexualized drag and trans performances going on in front of children, et cetera, parades and all that kind of thing. This is about tearing down that convention. It's nasty, it's disgusting. It's immoral for those who care about such things. It's certainly unbiblical. And so I'm urging us, especially those of us who are in the religious community, who are in support of Sound of Freedom, who are thrilled for its message, who are supporting it, who are paying it forward, uh, buying tickets in advance so people can go free, et cetera. All of that's wonderful. But just let's not have as our primary objective that we beat some other movie in the ratings or in the box office receipts. It's fine that we do, and if we do, we should say so. That's not the goal. The goal is to end trafficking in our generation, and it can so happen. It can so happen. I'll tell you what, I have been flying, for example, my airline is Delta Airlines. I have no commercial connection to them other than just paying the money to fly their planes. Um, But I'm so proud, for example, of Delta Airlines, which, by the way, has championed some other causes I'm not happy about politically. But when it comes to trafficking, they've gotten all On it, I don't mind telling you they've gotten on it. There are announcements on the planes. I've watched uh, flight attendants uh, stop someone and ask questions that need to be asked. I've watched um, a Delta pilot uh, ask a child who's this you're traveling with and so on. Quite frankly, Bev and I uh, went through TSA the other day with our six-year-old grandchild. And the guy at Clear, you know what Clear is. It's that more kind of private uh, access service through TSA he stopped and turned to our grandchild and said, who is this you're traveling with? And uh, who is this guy? And et cetera. Because our little grandson doesn't look anything like us. If you've seen me, i am got dark hair and dark skin and I've got You know, darker features, Uh, my grandson's very fair, blonde hair. So it's a good question. They should ask it, even if we did look alike, who is this, who's traveling with you? And checked our IDs and checked our, et cetera. And I'm even urging some people to consider a documentation situation for those who take children legitimately on planes, trains, and automobiles, et cetera. Um, I need something that says, this is my grandson. I don't know, a photograph, a letter from the parents, what what would be official? We need to work these things out because absolutely, somebody who looks like me and even a couple, an older couple, can easily be involved in trafficking of a child. So I'm glad for the questions. I was glad to be stopped. I thanked the person who said it. Pat, he would kind of breathe, he kind of breathed a sigh of relief that I wasn't all mad at him. No, I wasn't. I'm, you're, you're, protecting, you're protecting children and you're protecting our society. And I appreciate it. My point is, I'm very proud of the innovations and the changes and the and the leadership of organizations like Delta Airlines and uh Clear. And the TSA uh, people and what have you, when it comes to that kind of travel and other organizations, uh, we need to be aware of what's happening. And these people obviously are getting on in planes and trains and boats, and obviously they're traveling around. Obviously, they make it look like grandpa with the child when it's actually not. That's a, we, need, we need to be asking those questions. We need to come up with ID systems. So guys, let's just keep our eye on the ball. Grateful for this movie. Nobody enjoys popcorn and Diet Coke at a movie theater watching a great film, especially an educational film that's wrapped in a drama uh, more than I do. At the same time, let's make sure we're keeping our eye on the 58 million people around the world who are being trafficked and not just beating up on Harrison Ford or Barbie or whatever. That's a little bit of ego, even though I'm grateful for the signal being sent to Hollywood that, hey, you know, this stuff works, there's a market for it, and you ought to be paying attention to it. So let's just be wise. And the final thing I want to say about this film and a little bit of the conduct of some of the actors um, is that there is a tendency to damage our cause through overstatement. Now, I like Jim Caviezel as an actor, and I'm grateful for him doing The Passion of the Christ. I understand there's going to be a Passion of the Christ part two, maybe called Resurrection. Uh, I'm grateful for that. I know Mel Gibson has messed up, but I like Mel Gibson. I'm glad for his courage. I'm glad for the films he's made from Braveheart to Apocalypto to or whatever. But I will tell you that some of the QAnon kind of extreme talk just damages our cause. Let me give you an example now that I've said I like Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel is very committed to anti-trafficking. He's a deeply committed Catholic. And again, I admire him. Uh, But he's recently said in public interviews that the CIA encourages trafficking and has a a huge number of people committed to trafficking in it. Now, in his less cautious moments, He's actually come very close to saying the CIA is a trafficking organization, that the CIA is encouraging trafficking, that the CIA protects it. Now, Jim, for heaven's sakes, uh, that can't be the truth. First of all, we should never, when we're speaking of matters in the real world, we should never use broad generalizations. I couldn't be more in disagreement with communists on their vision of the world and what they want for me and for my country. But I, but it's stupid for me to say, all communists are drunks. (laughs) Okay. All communists are drunks or all communists are low IQ. That would just be stupid. Wouldn't it? I may oppose them, but to label them in some broad unsupported by data way, just comp, this makes me look like an idiot. And more importantly, compromises the cause. So to take on the entire stinking CIA as a trafficking organization is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know everybody in the CIA. and Any organization of size is going to have some crazies and some nuts and some people who are immoral and some people who are criminal and what have you. Come on. Whatever. From NFL to evangelicals to all actors to all whatever. All trash men, all garbage men or whatever. All sanitation workers. You don't understand. I'm going to take any large group of people. Everybody sitting in a football game here starting in August in the NFL for the rest of the year. I mean, millions of people. Of course, you're going to have some criminals. Of course, you're going to have some drunks. Yeah, you're going to have some people in there who want to have sex with children. I mean, you just know population wise as a matter of percentages, you're going to have some. But to say the entire Central Intelligence Agency of the United States is pro-trafficking, Well, now you take the Sound of Freedom movie and Jim Caviezel as a personality and all of us who are supporting this film and folks like Lynn Beck and what have you, and you make them sound like they are extreme nuts QAnon. And we've taken our eye off the ball of trafficking and getting getting people rescued and ending this trade. And now we've got a political fight going about the CIA and deep state. And so just please, all of us, be careful about the extreme statements. Man, if you've got stats that someone in the CIA is involved in trafficking, expose it, get it to the authorities immediately. There are laws against this thing. And who knows? There may be some folks in the CIA. Again, I say, an organization of that size, you're going to have every kind of oddity and perversion and addiction and what have you. It's just how it is with large groups of people in this world. But... When you make a statement about the whole CIA, I mean, I can tell you that's just not true because I got 20 or 30 friends in the CIA and they're not anywhere near this. In fact, they're all hauling their families to see sound of freedom and thanking God for Jim Caviezel. And so then when Jim Caviezel says that they might be traffickers, oh Lord have mercy, it just breaks down. So let's take a, a lukewarm shower. What I mean is calm down from our overheated ways. Let's let's keep our eye on the ball. Let's stop picking deep state political fights. If we know a fact and it exposes something about trafficking, make it known. Let's get it dealt with. Absolutely. I'll help for heaven's sakes. But let's not let's not discredit our cause by crazy statements, statements we can't back up. Here we are at a time of really heightened attention to trafficking. And I've been involved in this for years, grateful. And I'm I'm fairly new to it. I'm grateful for those who do more than I do and they're long before me. But I am watching the cause. I'm here in DC and I hear the comments. Hey, Mansfield, what's going on with your crowd, man? They're saying some crazy things. Here we are at a heightened moment of attention. We're gonna use our platform to say stupid stuff. Come on, let's be careful. Go see Sound of Freedom, be grateful for it, Spread the information, show it. This is a great moment for us to strike this demon of trafficking in our generation. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular global speaker, and senior fellow for public leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.